0: You're listening to The Table Church Podcast. The Table is a community in Orville, California that aims to follow Jesus by doing what he did. Love God, love our neighbors, and serve those in need. Find us at thetablechurch.net, Instagram, or Facebook. And now for the message. Hey, all. This is Worship Leader Matt. Um, We had some technical difficulties this Sunday on stream, and if you were with us, you could see that we were glitching in and out. Uh, So today's audio is a little bit weird. It's got some parts where we sound like chipmunks. It's got some parts that have some missing uh, issues there at the beginning. Um, But about 10 minutes in uh, from there, it is good to go. And we think that there is some good content in this week's sermon. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to post it anyways, and hopefully it'll bless somebody's week and uh, bless someone's heart uh, as we learn more about uh, what we wish we knew. So that's kind of this week's disclaimer. Um, Love you all. We will talk to you soon, and hopefully you enjoy uh, our discussion this morning. Thanks, everybody.
1: We are in the middle of a sermon series called What I Wish I'd Known Sooner. Uh, Paul is writing to his protege, Timothy. Uh, Today, we're talking about how to deal with toxic people, how to deal with toxic people. I don't know if you have toxic people in your life, uh, but this letter uh, gives us a little bit of advice on how to do that. Essentially, uh, we need community. Every one of us needs people in our life, but people can be hard. I don't know if that's true in your life, that's certainly true in my life. Uh, I think that's true of most people that I've been talking to. We need community but people can be hard. In fact, so hard, some people discount the first truth that they don't need community because people can be hard. It can be hard, especially with toxic people in your life and a part of your community. So how do we deal with toxic people? I've been thinking about toxic people this week as I've been preparing for this message, and it reminds me of mosquitoes. Uh, I've been doing a little bit more fishing lately, and what happens is at the end of our fishing, you know it's time to go home when the mosquitoes show up and just eat you alive, and they chase you to the car, and they get in the car, and they're irritating, and they are following you, and they're sucking the blood out of you. This is uh, like toxic people. They pester. They irritate. They Mm. drain. You know what I'm talking about? Should we call them mosquitoes? Mosquitoes for sure. Uh, uh, You know, toxic people can ruin. Uh, We are all unworthy of the grace that we have received. There are parts of us that are controlling. There are parts of us that are demanding. There are parts of us that are selfish. And that can manifest in toxic ways too. So as we're thinking about toxicity today, I want us to be thinking about what's going on in our own life and uh, soul, hearts, minds. That being said, real toxicity out there. Yeah? Yeah. We'll keep going forward. I'm recording the message. so if it's So it'll be posted later. Absolutely. Yeah, abs- so here's my question for you all is uh, where are you seeing toxicity in the world besides bad Internet?
2: <laughs> Go for it. I feel like it's all related to Internet <laughs> right now. Not only this situation, but just I think I, the most toxic environments that I see right now are um, – our Facebook, our Facebook, social media. Um, and I think, you know, what a couple months ago felt like such a, oh, such a, I don't know, such a good thing because we could still stay connected has now, because it's, you know, political season and all of the things, has turned into just a really toxic um, uh, and we're hiding behind screens, and we can say things that are angry and mean and assume things about people that uh, that we really love that, are I don't know, just creates a really toxic environment. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm not loving the Internet in general right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, social media can be a really toxic place.
0: Oh, man, it's, like, the most toxic place. In fact, last night I was looking at these questions, and I'm like, I don't want to say... Politics or social media, because I'm trying to think of something else, yeah, and I literally sat there for a half hour and I was like, I can't think of anything even close in toxicity to
1: uh laughing right, which is a
0: it's very yeah, yeah, and so um that's that's kind of more I mean, I can't even think of other
1: stuff, yeah um. I think we're on the same page, everybody. Thanks for being on that page with me. Uh, Let's move into our text and basically what the background is going on here. Our story comes from 1 Timothy 6, 4 through 5. Uh, St. Paul sent his disciple Timothy to address some problems in the Ephesian church. One of it is toxicity. He's an older man now, Paul, and he's training uh, his protege to... Timothy and to the church, he's talking about in this section false teachers that have infiltrated the church and, and have, have created a toxic community with their with their presence. They are conceited and don't understand anything, but have an unhealthy obsession with controversies and arguments. This creates jealousy, conflict, verbal abuse, and evil suspicions. There is constant bickering between people whose minds are ruined and who have been robbed of the truth. They fall into temptation. They are trapped by many stupid and harmful passions that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Do you sense the toxicity that Paul is trying to root out? Do you sense what Paul is trying to tell Timothy in that? About these people who love to argue, who love to stir up controversy, who are Just toxic for the community overall. You know how I preach head, heart, hands today? I'm going to mix it up. We're going to do head, hands, heart, or no, do, feel, just to kind of get it, change it up a little bit. And what Paul wants us to know, and ultimately this is God's word, so what God wants us to know, is he wants us to learn the traits of toxic people. It's helpful for us to know and learn the traits of these people who are being corrosive to our communities. Three traits that I want to talk about today. Uh, that I'm hearing from the text, chronically negative, controlling. Oh, uh, Rachel Dratch played Debbie
0: Downer, and they would like be like, at Disneyland for breakfast, and they're all so excited, and
2: she'd go. To just the names of some folks. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyways.
1: There's a, a somatic, right, a bodily response. And we do such a good job in our society of sometimes trying to push that away, but uh, there's some intuition there that we can be paying attention to.
0: Um, I thought of two, and I don't know if they fit in categories, so you have to help me, but the one um, that I thought of that I was, when I was toxic, um, because I'm an Enneagram eight, that's the challenger, so when I was toxic, I was the inciter. I would start fights and just see what happens. And just kind of enjoy conflict and lob, blah, blah, uh <laughs> <laughs> <yeah. Lob> bombs <laughs> blah, blah, blahs, blah, 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 um, blah, And so I would just incite conflict and just kind of rev it up and let it ride. And um, so I think of the inciter. And then the other one I think of is just the bully. Uh, you know, hurt people, hurt people. And so I don't know if that mix, mixes in the three, but like... Uh, uh, there's and there's a bunch of ways that um, bullies can function. It's not just beating up and steal the lunch money. Yeah, it can also be intimidation, and it can also be uh, completely ignoring the person's existence. Yeah, um, it can be uh, you know just a bunch of different ways that a bully operates, and that's like very toxic too, and can yeah. be very, um, you know, just really. Uh, makes your brain and your body feel awful like you just it's a very physical reaction to being bullied so um, I thought of those couple
1: yeah there's a person in my life that sometimes I spend time with um, a family member and sometimes my wife doesn't even know I went and spend time with them, but I come home and I'll be, I'll have an attitude there. You know, I'll just either be drained, tired, maybe a little bit grumpy. And my wife immediately is like, Oh, did you go to that person's house today? Like mm. just can tell, like there's just a, a drain. And I'm like, you, I don't even know how she knows. She's very prophetic. She's intuitive like that. But I'm like, no, I mean, yeah, I did, but you can't tell, you know, like I'm like in denial about it. Um, which, it's hard because it's family members, right? And this yeah. is the thing about toxic people. And we're going to talk about what we should do. Um, but ultimately, we're called to love everyone. When there's not an excuse or an escape hatch uh, for this. And so sometimes we have to figure out how to love toxic people who are in our life um, if we can't set up healthy boundaries or do what we're supposed to do next, which is what does God want us to do with toxic people? Paul gives Timothy this advice. Flee. Flee. Run. Run away. And boundaries. Listen to what he says in verse 9 of this chapter. But as for you, Timothy, man of God, run away from all these things. Paul's advice to Timothy is to run. And and I think it can be good advice. Again, I said we can't always do that. It's family members, but we could figure out how to put up some boundaries. But ultimately, we need to figure out how to get away from toxicity. We don't have to engage it. We don't have to let it be normal. Uh, we can run away from, even if you can't run away from the person, we don't have to, we can run away from that behavior. We can run away from the corrosive uh, qualities of that behavior. It is hard for us. It is hard for us to flee. Sometimes it's hard for us to put up boundaries, especially as Christians, right? We've been told that we got to be nice all the time. And really the scripture is full of ways in which Jesus has told us to put up boundaries. Paul has told us to put ba- boundaries are healthy and good. It, it isn't we don't do it in such a way to, to, to break down community. We don't do it in such a way that we're trying to harm other people. There's a way in which we're trying to preserve and promote the health of Jesus in our communities. And so uh, let's lean into this a little bit. So I, I'm, I'm speaking to me, maybe. Maybe not for you, but I'm speaking to me. Two pieces of advice in this do. Trim the suckers off. Yeah? Do you have any plants at your house? I had to put it sideways so you could see. <laughs> Uh, this is definitely not my house, but I have a white crepe myrtle at my house, and all these suckers gather at the bottom. In fact, one of them is very small, and it has a lot of uh, branches coming out from it, and you know what suckers do? You see them at the bottom. They <laughs> they, they rob the tree of nutrients and water, and, and they try to grow next to the tree, and what it does is it creates an unhealthy environment for all of them, for the suckers, for the tree, and what you got to do is trim the suckers off, right? It, it, These are the toxic people in our life. They suck the time and energy and peace away from us. And we got to trim it off. A couple ways we do this, right? We talked about this flea. You could do this but I mean, just run, just run away and just be done with that relationship. But also you can move away slowly. You can stop investing in that relationship of of things that uh, they're sucking your time, energy, and peace. You can set up and enforce explicit boundaries. Now, this is probably a little bit rarer, and this is in relationships that you've invested quite a bit of time in. But you might have to say something like, hey, when the conversation turns to this thing, Or when it gets like this, I don't want to be a part of that anymore, and and I'm not going to do that. That's a lot harder. It's probably a lot rarer. But when you're maybe it's a family member, you might have to set up explicit boundaries of like when when you decide to act like this, when you make a decision to act like this, I don't want to be a part of that. I'm going to remove myself from the situation. You know, I have to do this with the toxic people in my life is my kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Toxic. Yeah, I say cut out the suckers. Cut the suckers off. I'm like, listen, screen time is 20 minutes, and they're like, dad, me, huh. and I'm like, I, I, don't, no. I don't have to do, th- I can, hey, I I'm said what I said, off. it's my screens, I'll be back in 20 minutes to collect it, I'm not going to argue with you, but in fact, you're cutting into your own 20 minutes doing this, bye, right, like, absolutely, explicit boundaries, and you don't when have to Well, you engage.
0: have to with people that you want to stay with forever, yeah. you know?
1: And you don't have to throw the ball back to them every time they try to start a toxic conversation or try to push the boundary, right? You can just set it up and force it, and then and and then make sure you're you're being consistent about that. Mm. The second way I was thinking about it is talk to God more than toxic people. We, uh, especially me, is not very good at at praying as often as I am at uh, engaging, right? This is a guy named Gary Thomas. He wrote a book called When to Walk Away, Finding Freedom from Toxic People. And I took that point right from one of his quotes. He says, for me, the best defense has been twofold, praying for the toxic person and refusing to engage them further. I'm talking to God more and the toxic person less. And I just was immediately thinking about Jesus on the cross. They're spitting at him. They're jeering him. Yeah, they're making fun of him. him. And he doesn't engage them. He prays, Father, forgive them, right? Like he's talking to God more and toxic people less. And I think that is an ex- uh, in the grand scheme of something that happened that was really big, Jesus on the cross. There's a, there's a small example there of how to engage toxicity. Pray more. Talk to toxic people less. Question. Flee Trim the suckers off, talk to God more, toxic people left. Have these worked for you, or do you have something else? Suckers.
0: I was just kind of thinking about the prayer one for coworkers, because with flea, you work with them. You can't. And by the way, let me just say this. I think it's very common for people to have coworkers who are toxic. Yeah. Because, you know, everybody works somewhere, and there could be a ton of people in your workplace. And so there's probably one person that's really hurting, um, and so they treat others uh, you know hurt people, hurt people I keep going back to that um, and you can't flee and you can't you can't cut them off uh, you can try to work alongside them but even then like uh, without like, engaging with them but even then that's hard and so I really think prayer is the only answer for co-workers and that's one of the biggest categories I think of toxic people Yeah. so um, that has worked for me um, in the rare times uh, yeah. at my school <laughs> where it's just been people acting toxic uh, just prayer and reminding uh, you know God reminding me to love enemies and enemies are not people who are enemies forever yeah. um, Saul became Paul right so it's like Just because this person is my enemy this week doesn't mean they're my enemy forever, but they're still against me.
1: What's... It's to make them a friend.
0: Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Abe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh yeah i think prayer is yeah. the best way to deal with it so that's where my brain where wo- it goes to because you know in our and in, in i think also a church family probably yeah. like because we're a church and we're a church family yeah. either way and so it's probably less easy to flee or uh, cut them off absolutely. so absolutely
2: anyways i think for me i've gone through each of these almost like a a phase in reconciliation or w- in dealing with uh, toxic people. I think my first response. Um, well, I'm an Enneagram three, so it I go to nine yes. <laughs> in stress, mm-hmm. and so my first one uh, is flee. Is yeah. just go away, yeah. go home, get in my bunker, and 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 where I know that I'm safe. And yeah. then when I know that I'm safe, then I can have these other thoughts of of w- well, how am I going to deal with this? Just trim the suckers off, or Prayer, and it just kind of depends on how toxic the situation is, or how fearful I am for my safety. And safety can just be emotional safety. It can be, yeah, um, yeah those those fear of broken boundaries and disrespect and things like that. Uh, so in those moments, yeah, it would just be I just gotta it, it's gotta be cut off at the source. And for me, that's time away. But ultimately, where I see the most transformation in my heart and in the relationships with those folks is the prayer, because the prayer brings me back to the center of I am loved, I am worthy, I am perfect the way that I am. Yeah. But so are they. Yeah, uh, and God loves them just like He loves me. And yeah. then, and then that helps create an environment where we can work towards restoration yeah. of a relationship. So,
1: I love it. What great pastors! You're like, yeah, prayer's the
2: best, and I'm like, yeah, we could have
1: said anything. It's the really only one. <laughs> I mean, I it's that. the
0: only one that works if you want to stay with the people. Yeah. And I think that there is definitely a time to flee and cut off suckers yeah. um, because there are times that you don't have to stay with the people. Yeah, right. um, but uh, with with the people that you genuinely love the organization or you love the family or you yeah. love the job, you got to pr- – I mean, there's, there's no – I was
1: thinking about all the times Jesus did this where he walked away from crowds or it felt like they were getting toxic and so he got in a boat and left or someone walked away from him and Jesus didn't follow him shock him down and try to make him come back. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jesus uh, is a good. Example. But he also
0: preached to dust off your feet. Dust off if your feet. If you're not getting
1: responded to. Love ever. So there right. is times
0: yeah. to, you know, Set kick Set up kick bound- Matthew
1: 18 has some good boundaries. Uh, what does God want us to feel or experience? I'm going to end with this one because I think Paul uh, encourages us to recommit to the basics recommit to the basics and I'm going to I brought up three qualities that I want us to take a look at but but here's what he says after he says run away but you man of god Timothy and us run away from all these things instead pursue righteousness holy living faithfulness uh, love endurance gentleness fight the saying we've all said it you know fight the good fight it's right there paul invented it grab hold of eternal life you were called to it and you made a good confession of it in the presence of many witnesses they used to stand in front of the church and and proclaim that jesus was lord and this was a baptism thing and he's saying remember that confession you made it was good remember it the one you made in front of everybody and grab hold of the eternal life that you were called to he wants us to recommit to those basics Righteous and holy living, love, endurance, gentleness, the, the, the fighting, the good fight. That's what we're doing. We're not fleeing just to like destroy relationships or whatever. We, we're, we're trying to make sure that we are able to pursue what God has called us to do, to grab hold of that eternal life that we've been called to. If I could have us commit to three things for the next few months, and I'm wrapping up here, we're, we're coming to the end. Uh, I was thinking about some qualities that I would love us, those listening, table church, beyond, the three basics that I would love for us c- to commit to are this. Jesus, unity, grace. Uh, I think I would love for us to think of Jesus as the answer. I know we're talking about social media, and everyone's got an answer for something, and and we're into a political season, and and everyone's going to be putting their hopes somewhere, and I would love for us to be people that just constantly point to Jesus is the answer. This is what it means to follow Jesus. We believe that he's the hope of the world. We believe he's the light of the world. We believe he's the bread of life. He is salvation. There is no under name, under heaven, by which any of us can be saved. And so, I lo- I mean, it, the radical claim that we make is that at the end of the day, we believe that all, all the problems in the world are solved by Jesus, by following him, by listening to him, by letting his love invade and infest, by letting his justice... Uh, root out and destroy the evil that is in the world. So I would love for us to be people that point to Jesus, either explicitly or implicitly. This is, the this is the answer. Basics I would love for us to commit to. Number two, unity. Jesus tells us, John 17, 21, the world will know that you are my disciples by your unity, by your love for one another, and by how, unifi- by how one you are. And if this is our example to the world, and this is how the world knows that Jesus is the one whom God sent to be the Savior of the world, uh, our spiritual enemy, the devil, knows and is attacking us at our places of unity, is trying to create disunity, is trying to discourage our coming together. And so I'd love for us to commit to the basics of unity, that despite despite our ethnicities, despite our political parties, despite... Um, if you like pineapple on pizza or not, and you're a, a, a monster, right? Actually I kinda like it. I just like to make I fun of that. people. If you're a Raiders fan, you we're united. All oh, those things are trumped. They are they are underneath our greater identity, which is uh, the body of Christ and individuals who are in Jesus. And so I'd love for us to commit. whatever the disagreements are, we're not going to put each other's faith down. You don't lose your vote. I mean your salvation based on who you vote for, you don't lose your salvation. Uh, it's grace based, right? It's not action based. So we, we're unified in this Jesus thing together and everything else, is going to take a back seat. It's not that it's not important. It's not that we shouldn't be talking about these things, but we can be unified together doing it. Lastly, uh, we have been given inexhaustible grace. Mm. I have, they have, you have, Mm -hmm. um, and, and we are constantly encouraged to extend that grace to the people around us. So people might not understand the way that you understand. People might not believe the way you believe. People might not, you know, uh, have the same uh, voting habits that you have or consumption habits or whatever. You might have been like them 10 years ago. And now you're different or you learned something new yesterday. Let, I mean, let's not clobber people. Uh, let's not uh, discourage people. Let's extend an inexhaustible amount of grace to one another, just as we have been uh, extended that grace. I think if we could recommit some of those basic tenets of our faith, Jesus is the answer, that we are unified together, even in our diversity, right? Uh, it's not. It's it's unity, it's not uniformity. You still get to be you, but we are unified. And uh, ultimately, we have been given a lot of grace, and we need to extend that grace. Y'all, what basics of the faith are you recommitting to right now? Maybe one of those three, maybe something else. It's an open-ended question. But uh, we're talking about recommitting to the faith, especially in the middle of toxicity. What's coming up? Oh, sorry. Like <laughs> so, in the middle of toxicity, in the, in, the, in the middle of toxicity, Paul says essentially to recommit to the basics. And so I, gave, I said, Jesus, unity and grace. Oh. Are any of those something that you're doing right now or are you doing some other basics? Are you recommitting to some other basics?
2: Sure, I'll go first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think for me, um, it's grace. I have heard a couple conversations or overheard a couple conversations right now uh, that I'm thinking about in my head that were very, very polarized. Um, I can't do this thing because this person supports this thing, so therefore they are they are this. Um, and in the moment I heard that, I just felt a little bit of sorrow, but a ton of grace for that person because I don't think anything in our lives is that is that clear-cut I don't think that just because um, I mean anything I'm not even going to go into specifics specifics because there's like so many things going on right now but um, I live a lot in this like gray area between both of those um, and I have a lot of love for people on both ends of that spectrum Um, and so yeah just having grace on folks around me and and then the unity because i love those people i I love people in general and so i would never want and i i don't think i ever could get so committed to one issue or how i felt about one issue that i couldn't love the people on the other side of the river and so um i think yeah grace for myself grace for those folks for the situation and then trying to find that unity. Those are the two right now for me. Great. I will I feel bad because yeah. now I'm like saying like Jesus, you got third place. That's not true. No, I think the no. whole it's all rooted <laughs> yeah. because of my relationship with <laughs> right, Jesus. Right, right. Absolutely. Uh so it's a little bit of all three of them, but I I would say uh really focusing, honing in on, on the grace and unity.
1: I love when you're talking about grace the uh, the words that accompany that are nuance, uh grace space continuum right it's not either or it's usually some kind of continuum and I think that's perfect that's what grace does is it it allows us to say this is not as cut and dry this is not as black and white there's all kinds of things going on and I don't understand all of it but I love them so I like that I appreciate that
0: amen and something you said kind of triggered in my brain underneath the umbrella of all three is just like um, remembering that people are creating God's image and God fearfully and wonderfully made them Uh, and so uh, because yeah, I that's mean, page uh, one yeah. of the Bible. That's so, perfect, yeah. Uh, just that we're <laughs> made in his image, and so um, we can't hate because we can't hate God because he's too wonderful to be loved. So yeah. um, uh, just yeah. remembering that, you know, all three of those things kind of f- funnel into that, I feel yeah. like.
1: Uh, affirming Jesus the unity. dignity and worth of all human beings. Exactly. Is page one, that's good stuff. Yeah. I'm leaning into the Jesus one of just like, I have a lot of solutions that I think would be best if everyone just listened to me, right? <laughs> and uh, it's helpful for me to constantly go back to like Jesus is the solution. Jesus is the only hope for the world. I mm-hmm. believe it. I've dedicated my life to it. That's what we're doing here now. And so, uh, constantly coming back. And then, and then the question for me then is, how do I help? How do I how do I uh, put that into the world how do I live that out how do I implicitly or explicitly share that I that I believe that because I can try to force a solution and can try to be demanding and controlling and angry and argumentative about it which I have been in times past but that's not how people come to know and love Jesus
2: right and so could I could I just add to that sure real quick yes uh because I feel like i I don't know I feel Listening to this sermon, I'm going to a place, <laughs> I don't want to say victim, but I'm going to a place where I'm I'm thinking about a lot of what you're saying and mm-hmm. thinking, um, man, this is how I'm going to deal with it when I am presented with toxic people. But I think um, the reality is that we as Christians, um, we as people in general, and you said this in the beginning, can we can be the triggerers. We can be yeah. the toxic people. And so, again, I think that goes with that whole idea of grace. Um, us realizing that we don't have to overpower people with our, with our opinions yeah. and, how we, and, and how we love on them. I think the reality is, is that we love them so fiercely. We want them to come to this side yeah. of the river with yeah. us. That We want to see them in heaven with us. But ultimately, um, it's about connection. It's about that community. We can't bring them on the raft with us if we're not in community with them. And so um, I think... Just Absolutely. sitting in that for a minute and realizing that, yeah, we we as people, we as Christians specifically, we can be really toxic Absolutely. sometimes. So instead of looking at it, I, <laughs> I challenge you a little bit. Instead <laughs> of looking at this as how, how you can um, engage with toxic people in your life, how can you not be the toxic person right. in someone and else's
0: and life? Ex- amen. And that's what Gary said on the stream that I thought was a really good point is um, you have so al- also have to pray to uh, have the log out of your own eye. Yeah. Uh you know cuz you might be the tie like and i know hey, that's been Gary. true for me
1: that was the question that i heard someone ask it was like the question then for christians becomes how do we encourage people in instead of calling them out right <laughs> i like, like that a, that's that's a different cuz if it's just solution based then we can just call people out and make them do the thing but if it's it's about inviting them into a loving relationship with jesus that's a whole different game Amen. that's a whole different game uh, excellent. Thank you all so much for the vital conversation, summing up and then moving into a time of communion. With our head, uh, God wants us to learn the traits of toxicity, not only in other people, but in ourself. Um, with our uh, hands, we're doing hands first, uh, flee or find a way to put up boundaries Or Part of that is moving into prayer, right? Maybe a retreat into prayer instead of engaging with the toxicity around you. And with our hearts, Paul encourages Timothy to recommit to the basics of faith, whether it's Jesus' unity, grace, or whether it's affirming the dignity and worth of all human beings through this thing called the the Imago Dei or the image of God that is in all human beings. Uh, Recommit to the basics of the faith, listening to the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you. And I think when we come back to the basics, it helps us to just kind of, Push everything aside and focus on that thing that Paul tells us. You know, Grab hold of eternal life is what you were called to and pursue those good and godly things. Would you pray with me? Thank you, Jesus, for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this story. Thank you for those verses. Would you help us to put this into practice? Not only being able to strongly uh, deal with the toxicity around us, but uh, would your Holy Spirit do the work of rooting out the toxicity within us? And Lord, we would give you praise and thanks for the work that you do. Not what we do, but it is only by your grace which is sufficient enough for us. Lord, help us. Help us to put up holy uh, boundaries so that we can continue to pursue you. And ultimately, would you help us to stay focused and committed to what you called us to. Not getting distracted, not moving to the right or to the left, but staying on that narrow path towards you, towards your kingdom, towards the good things that you've called us to and father now as we move into a time of communion would this bread and this cup be nourishing to our bodies and souls in such a way that we would be strengthened for the journey would you meet us here would you heal us here as you invite us here and lord now as one body and one voice we pray the lord's prayer together would you pray with me y'all praying our father who is in heaven Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin.